There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Yeah, hello there, hockey fans. How you doing today? It's another beautiful day in Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show Land. This is season four, episode 16. We're calling it The Linden, as in Trevor Linden, as in the greatest player of all time, not named Wayne or Mario or Sydney or Gordy or Bobby. Uh, but anyway, we got a great show for you today. It's uh, it's a, what we're calling the trade deadline spectacular um you know we're not hockey insiders or know-it-alls or anything like that so we're not going to have breaking news for the trade deadline which is today monday march 21st but we are recording this the day before it's sunday when we're recording so we can't see into the future but we're going to do our best to break down some of the great trades over the years bad trades weird trades um, we got lots of trade deadline talk coming up for you today. Um, it's me, co-host Tom. I'm here with always, as always, with my uh, my good pal, co-host Randy. And Randy is in all alone on the goalie. It's him and the goalie, one on one, mano a mano. What's he gonna do, deke or shoot? Randy, what's your move? Ah, uh, I don't. I, where's the goalie? <laughs> Is the goalie challenging me? The goalie is the greatest goalie in the world. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna deke. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna drop the shoulder. Make him try and try and make him think that I'm I'm shooting blocker. But then I'll I'll fake the shot that way, and then I'll come and put it on the glove side and jump into the glass, and then realize no one was watching. <laughs> it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or all a dream or a standard uh, Saturday night at the uh, beer league with uh, just the Zamboni rink manager guy yeah. in, the, in uh, attendance uh, and uh, dealing with all the loose screws in the boards. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the five wall, too. Uh, if, mm. you can, if you can get it there, then it's always a good one because most goalies don't expect that. But uh, no. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's what I would do. Uh, the sexy move is to go high glove. Uh, just, you know, rip a shot high glove. That's, that's, if you can pull that off, that's the, that's the one that's going to get you the loudest applause from the Zamboni driver, I think. <laughs> Likely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, so we've got a great show today and uh, we've got a special guest joining us today. It's Jared McKediak, Mr. UMFM, as it were, host of, uh, the show that you might have heard on Saturday night. I listened to it for a little while until I had to go to hockey. Then I couldn't oh. bring my phone with me on the ice. So I had to stop listening. But um, Jared, how are you doing today? Good. Really good. It's a beautiful Excellent. day outside. Uh, snow is finally starting to melt. I was out chipping ice earlier. That's a great good. springtime 
oh, yeah. uh, activity. Chip and yeah. ice. Chip and ice. Get all the dads that. in their back alley <laughs> in the back lane. Wait, <laughs> chip and oh, ice. Yeah. yeah, there's lots of dads out this morning. Uh, <laughs> guys, snow blowing. Guy up on his roof, shoveling snow down. Oh yeah, you yeah. got to do that. Yeah, yeah, got to do it. So nice. Uh, well, so yeah, are you stoked to talk some trade stuff here? Join the trade I, deadline team. Panel? I mean, oh, we're yeah. no TSN, but I think we probably they're looking to us for ideas. You know, I, I would agree. I mean, yeah. yeah, you know what? I love trades. I love, I love like deadline day. It doesn't matter which professional sport it is, and obviously being in Canada, hockey's near and dear to all of us. And the fact that TSN will devote like 14 hours of programming tomorrow <laughs> with like all hands are on deck there. And you've got the day booked off, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually uh, my son went out to my parents uh, this weekend. It was my daughter's birthday. And so we shipped the boy out. So, uh, so that, uh, Lily could have run of the house and, uh, he actually, uh, asked if he could stay out an extra day so he could watch the, the Jets game today with grandma and grandpa and then take the day off tomorrow to watch the dead, the <laughs> deadline. It's just like, it's the week before spring break yeah. spirit week at their school. They're not doing anything yeah. anyways. So the apple, yeah, he's, the apple he's, doesn't fall yeah. far from the tree then. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty, he's pretty hyped. I'm pretty hyped. Nice. I just love, I just love watching them talk for uh, trying to fill space. And then all yeah. of a sudden something happens and it's just like, <laughs> like oh, sit up and, oh, geez. Oh my God. Somebody <laughs> made a move. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. So, and then someone tries to take credit for, for, to breaking the trade right or and then yeah. they they kind of have like they they pay respects to, to if it's freeman or yeah cerebelli or drager or uh, bob mckenzie or whatever but you yeah. can all tell like there's like some sort of uh uh competition there whoever wants to be the yeah the, the one who breaks it. and that just kind of reminds me of when cerebelli just totally ruined the expansion draft day oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks frank yeah. yeah. Jeez. There's some things that are just better left untweeted, you know? Yeah. Like Christmas. <laughs> do you want to know all your presents before or yeah. do you want it broken? Oh, and even some of the players, like who are like scrolling Twitter and then they find out they're traded like, oh, from I've Frank Cervelli and not like, and then the GM phones. It's like, okay, well, I know what this is all about because Frank yeah. just leaked it. <laughs> just like, I'm not even picking up that call. Yeah. <laughs> So we should talk well, Linden. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, about, let's uh, get, let's talk here. a little bit of Trevor Linden here. So he's our number 16. We probably covered him last year as well for 16. But the fact of the matter is he's basically my favorite player. Um, excuse me. He, um, <clears throat> longtime Vancouver Canuck. Uh, but, you know, he, he really, when you think of his career, which spanned, oh, 20 years or so. Um, he played for the Canucks two separate times. He fit, he started his career there in 1988, 89 was his rookie year. I have his rookie card. Uh, no big deal. Um, and, and then he finished his career with the Canucks in 07, 08. In between then he went to New York and played for the Islanders. He was in Montreal, played for the Canadians and he was in Washington and played for the Capitals. Now there's like kind of something you probably forgot. 
Um, but it's really weird seeing him. And we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later. Players in jerseys that just don't seem right. And seeing Linden in anything but a Canucks jersey just doesn't seem right. Seeing him in that uh, Canadiens jersey, that's a weird one. I think I have one of his cards from that era. But he, So he played 1,382 career games, finished with 867 points, 895 penalty minutes. So he, uh, he tacked on 124 playoff games onto that of, uh, with 99 career playoff points. Of course, the big run was the, in 93-94 when the Canucks went to the finals. They played the New York Rangers in the finals, lost in seven games. Linden played that, uh, I don't know if it was the whole playoffs or just like the, the finals with like two broken ribs or something like that. Like it was... It was insane. And he was such a, a horse in those playoffs. He had 25 points in 24 playoff games that year. And the Canucks were just oh so close. And I have game seven on VHS. Uh, I taped it in 1994 and I still have that tape. So right if you got a VCR, let me know. We can watch that. Game. I have one. I have one right here. We can Perfect. hook that up. Yeah, Perfect. we'll hook that up yeah. to, the, to, to, to the projector. You mentioned <laughs> the jerseys, though. Like for me, it's Linden in a black Canucks jersey. Yeah. Uh, being a Jets fan, like, and all the Jets always battling the Canucks with like Sergio Mameso and Pavel Bure and Cliff Ronning and, and company Yerke Lume, Kirk McLean. Uh, that's how I, if I, if you mention uh, Trevor Linden, I, I'm picturing him from that era. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Not any other era. How about you, Jared? Definitely. Uh, I saw him play with those teams uh, at the old barn and uh Yeah. He's a great player, great yeah. player. And, uh, you know, just, uh, I, I think that I totally forgot that he played with Washington. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's today. I didn't play a lot of games there. He was only there briefly. No, uh, it was, it, it was, for- uh, it was interesting when I was doing the research today too, like a couple of the, like just going through the hockey DB on, on a couple of the guys that, uh, I'll mention in trades later, like, forgetting that Ron Francis uh, mm-hmm. finished his career playing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a weird right? one. Yeah. It, it is very weird. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I always loved Trevor Linden. Not sure why, uh, but his number 16, I always wanted that number. And I remember, you know, like Pee Wee or whatever. I wanted 16, but we didn't, the, our set of jerseys didn't have a 16. That's, weird. That's, so, so, that's so strange. I was it's like, a, I'll take 15, like a, I guess. It's a classic goal scorer. It number. is. It's a sniper's number. Yeah. 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 So I have, uh, I do have when we got our uh, jerseys for that outdoor tournament a couple years ago that are in the Canucks colors. Mm-hmm. I got 16 on the back, you know, nice. for Trevor, for Trevor. That one's for you, Trevor. Yeah. Um, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> we should uh, we should queue up a song here and get to the trade yeah. talk here, Tommy. Though. Yeah, so we've got a, a sweet n- new single. This is like this just dropped. It's uh, it's hot off the vinyl presses, I guess. I don't know, but um, uh, former guest Pip Skid, goaltender extraordinaire, he alerted me to this. It's by a guy named Mers, uh, who apparently is like a real freestyle champion. He like once freestyled for like three days or something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is a song called Miso Hockey. And the cover of it, of the single, is a, a bit of a take on 
Me So Horny, the hit from 1990. Two Live Crew. Two Live Crew. There you go. Thank you. I was was blanking on the name there. But (laughs) uh, well, we got the music director and station director here. So any music (laughs) questions we have. (laughs) Yeah. 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 This is a really fun little song. I mean, let's uh, let's take a moment and listen, shall we? Everybody iced out, but don't nobody in rap got a hockey stick, ice skates with a slap shot. Bunch of men on ice with sticks chasing a black rock. Trying to win the cup, that's the jackpot. We got the Kings, we got the Canucks, Coyotes, Jets, Predators, and the Ducks. Cracking, Red Wings, Flyers, Sabres, Bruins, Lightning, Islanders, Rangers, Panthers, Penguins, Blackhawks, Blues. Any given night, you could win, draw, or lose. Hurricanes, Senators, Flames, and Canadians, they play in Montreal, and they got the biggest stadium. Capitals, Avalanche, Minnesota Wild, Blue Jackets coming from Columbus, Ohio, Toronto, Maple Leafs, Las Vegas, Golden Knights. Down in Dallas, Texas, where the stars shine bright. San Jose Sharks, New Jersey Devils. Oilers gave us Gretzky, greatest player ever. Hope the Nordiques get back to Quebec. Salute to the NHL, enough respect. H-O-C-K-E-Y, H-O-C-K-E-Y, H-O-C-K-E-Y. Everybody put your hands in the sky. H-O-C-K-E-Y, H-O-C-K-E-Y. H-O-C-K-E-Y Everybody put your hands in the sky Hit the ice, grab some skates Dish the gloves, fist to the face Grab the jersey, hit the box Power play, pass the puck, slap the shot All right, that was Murs with Miso Hockey uh, Pretty great little uh, song there So um, let's talk about some recent So obviously, you know, we're not breaking news here But um we can look back at the week that was and some recent trade activity in the NHL. Um, obviously, like a, a couple big names have already moved. Um, you know, Claude Giroux, he went to Florida. Um, you know, Boston got Hampus Lindholm. You know, um, Ben Chirot went to Florida. Like, Florida is loading up. Like, it's uh, pretty wild. What is... Well- what, it's, what's yeah like jared do you have a, a move this week that really kind of either blew your mind or you know like really well what's interesting to me is how teams who uh, know that they're in it are all it's all preempt preemptive strikes right so this week colorado makes the josh uh, josh manson move florida mm-hmm picks up Sherratt, picks up Giroux. Uh, Tampa got uh, Brandon Hagel from Chicago. Yeah. Um, and then uh, well, Calgary got Calgary, Calgary got Toffoli a couple weeks ago. Uh, even. Calgary yeah. got and Toffoli. Then and Kelly then Yarncroc. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's interesting how, how the, the um, preemptive favorites kind of jumped the gun and uh I don't know. Like, I I think it kind of goes into, and we'll talk about the jets here, right? It's like teams who are on that bubble waiting until the last possible minute to kind of figure, okay, so are we going all in here or are we, uh, are we folding and we're just going to play out with the guys that we have and it is what it is. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been active so far though. So that's cool. Yeah. There's been a lot. Um, and speaking of, so speaking of the jets, let me just bring this up then. So with what you're saying, like the jets are a bubble team. They're going to wait to the last minute possible, probably to do anything if they do anything, but Andrew cop, obviously the biggest name, will he, won't he go, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like with some of the moves we've seen from the contenders of Florida, Colorado, Boston, whatever, 
you're like, does the Jets, did they miss their window of opportunity to trade Cobb, you know, or conversely, are they actually maybe by waiting to the last minute, some other teams like panic move and they'll get a haul for them. Like, you know, well, it's interesting. It's interesting to talk about, right? Because I think that um, I'm, I'm kind of a big believer in, in the sort of domino effect. And so everybody was kind of waiting uh, to see where Giroux went mm-hmm. and then he sets the market. And I'm, I'm not saying that Andrew Kopp is Claude Giroux, but if you, if you look at the defensemen that have been traded, right. I would say that Josh Manson and Hampus Lindholm are fairly comparable players. Manson got sort of this bar uh, from, uh, from Colorado. And then the return on Lindholm was far more significant. Now, the speed, I think, that Boston signed Lindholm to a new contract maybe tells me that there was some negotiation going on there. And I don't think Colorado can negotiate right now with their cap where it's at. And, I mean, they've got so many guys that deserve to be paid. Kadri is up at the end of the year. He's probably going to walk. And... It, they haven't, they've got the two guys, they've got uh, Landeskog and they've got uh, Bowen Byram and they've got Samuel Girard who could all be going on LTIR right now, which you put them on that. And I don't know how long they have to stay out for, but you kind of tampa, tampa it up, right? <laughs> do, do, do what the lightning have done. Yeah. Do the Kucherov. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, Sounds like a dance it's, move. It's <laughs> it's proven to be effective. Well, I think he showed that dance move a couple of times during the celebrations last year. He, <laughs> oh, he was all popped up on Bud Lights there. <laughs> yeah, I, but like, sorry, Jared. I, I like how you mentioned though, like the preemptive strikes. Like, if you know it, you might as well go and get the guy or someone that you need. Like, why wait? And it almost no. like it. It, it kind of reminds me of now how things have changed with pulling your goalie, like teams are pulling their goalie sooner because five minutes would, left. Why wouldn't you do it? You need a goal yep. now. Like why wait yeah. until two minutes left and then you run out of mm-hmm. time. So you get, you know, the goal in that and... Jets game against Boston the other day mm-hmm. uh, and the Jets were trailing by one goal and then they had the power play. I was like yelling at my TV, like pull the goalie. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you waiting for? And it works so well. Long. Like they I think Carolina long. is a team that does that quite well. Like, five six minutes left they're maybe down by two or three you, yep. you get a, you get one and all of a sudden that it, it changes on you and like mm-hmm. for for like calgary i feel is now just more and more in a place of like a you know position of strength because of you know mm-hmm. who they brought in and there's less pressure on them if they don't make any more moves they they still they did they improve their team uh, and you're not maybe missing, you're Calgary's not missing up your your chemistry either too much, and that's something that we'll kind of get into here later. Is like yeah. some of those moves that could kind of throw things, uh, yeah. you know, overboard or th- kind of off kilter. But I, I, you know, also we haven't really talked about Pittsburgh, but I think the Penguins have to make a move because this is, I think, the last year of the big three. Uh, yeah, they haven't and, really done anything. So they right got, I think they got to bring it. They, they, and. And they they usually make a move that is like you know a depth piece you know like Jeff Carter a couple of years ago and you know yeah. they got Brian Boyle who's centering the fourth line but you know I could see Andrew Kopp in Pittsburgh you know or or Stasny even like that's that's yeah. a move mm-hmm. I could see Pittsburgh making but it's yeah. hard to say I also 
if you had to, if I had to put money on it, I don't think the Jets are making any moves because I think they're just gonna, you know, none at all. Hey, I don't think so. If they make one, it'll be just something small, and it'll be like you know, whatever. But I feel not. I mean, they might be like a, a third piece, maybe in a three-team deal or something. But I, I feel this is this trade deadline is gonna come and go, uh, mainly because every July first, whenever it's the free free agent frenzy, you just wait for that Chevy signing and the Jets logo to come up on the screen and you watch for the whole day and you should be outside, you know, having fun. Meanwhile, you're watching TSN and nothing happens with the Jets until (laughs) July 7th. And it's like, uh, they signed someone to a league minimum (laughs) or a, or a minor league tryout contract, you know? So, I mean, I got a love hate thing going on with, with Chevy. Um, I think that like, we know, who might be on the move, right? We know that it's it's Cop, it's Stastny, it's Bullyu, and Harkins. It's the four guys who are not under contract next year. Bullyu is injured, probably right. won't play again this year, so he's not going anywhere. No, right. you know what I mean? Which is unfortunate because, I mean, you know, like the playoffs, you, you read, like the playoffs have become the situation where teams want to have – nine or 10 defensemen at their disposal. And he, he's, you know, he's not Bobby Orr back there, but he, he's a good depth guy. He's a guy to have up in the press box. And, and if he needs to be pressed into action, he is serviceable. Mm. Um, It's unfortunate that, that they couldn't move him because I think that that's a guy who's really easy to move, get some draft, get a draft pick back. Um, I think cop cop is so hard because he's, he's um, grown up with the core of the team. And it, to me, it's always, it's always tough to where, where you've got an American player in Winnipeg. He gets to the point where uh, he's a UFA and he's going to go for greener pastures. And it's tough to tough to keep him here. Tough to sell him on the fact, like, hey, you're like Shifley's best buddy in the off season. You and Lowry, you have you have good chemistry. Your your uh, the trajectory of your careers has has mimicked each other. But like, I see him as a guy who goes to he goes back home to Detroit. He goes to the Rangers or you know one of the big American hockey cities. Maybe Boston um, or something. Yeah. Boss. He seems like a Boston guy to me. Yeah, I right? can see that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, if you're, it's like, do you want, it's a double-edged sword. That's why they got to move him because they got to get something for him. Cause he's a hundred percent going to, like you say, yeah. greener pastures or not yeah. even greener pastures, just different pastures really. Well, I think that somebody's going to come in and they're going to offer him uh, a contract, like a five or six year deal, kind of like what Tanev got when he got from the, yeah penguins right it's just like would have loved to keep that guy he was like one of my favorite jets but there's no way that they can match that contract yeah yeah so apparently giordano just got traded to the leafs breaking news really we're breaking news talking hockey yeah here we go sunday at 206 uh i guess i'm an insider now so see you boys (laughs) (laughs) that's uh that's interesting because everybody thought he was going to go back to calgary yeah yeah, Drager well, just tweeted. The Leafs, the Leafs need blue line help. They need yeah. goaltending help. Uh, so it looks like um, Mrazek was placed on waivers. So 
I guess if he clears that frees up some salary for them. Right. So maybe, maybe obviously there's a lot of talk about Marc-Andre Fleury, you know, is he going to get moved? If Mm -hmm. I think if, uh, if, if Toronto needs a goalie, you might as well go after Fleury because he's, he's the goalie. Right. So, and you got to think Fleury too, right. Cause he totally controls his fate. He's only approving to uh, approving to a sure shot, uh, cup contender i could see him saying hey i don't have many years left i'd go to pittsburgh or Mm. you know like a toronto or um you know colorado because he wants to wants to win another cup um i don't see him approving a trade to edmonton because it's such a such a hard path for the oilers to get there Mm. right Mm. so what one last thing before we move on to uh, more trade, uh, you know, historical talk. But Jared, what what do you think? Like, uh, you know, here we are on Sunday, the Sunday before the trade deadline. There's what roughly twenty games to go after this. The Jets, you know, seemed like they were starting to turn the corner. Yet uh, Friday, they kind of let one slip away, and then today mm-hmm. they're playing the lowly Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, mm-hmm. What what do you? What's your take? Do you think they're going to pull something together and, and squeak in, or are they going to kind of just limp off into the, onto the golf courses? <laughs> well, I mean, I think at best they're going to finish eighth. And that means that they're going to play Colorado. And that means that they're probably going to be done in eight to 10 days. Right. And it's, 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 um, I the, saw a the- quote, the Daryl Sutter quote. Yeah, yeah. Like that was beautiful. Right. <laughs> what what I, did he say? He said, uh, he said, well, it is Daryl Sutter voice. Oh, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's going to be a waste of eight days, isn't it? Or something like that. <laughs> but for a team like the jets where, um, I mean, you've read reports that they've been struggling with attendance. They've been struggling with the, the sort of traditional, uh, revenue generator not being able to have a full capacity building so being able to have two playoff games i think would be a major boon for them mm-hmm. and i think yeah. that 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 would be really really good i i get this sense within the sort of city at large and maybe it's just the hockey nerds that i interact with but people are really really down on not only the team because they've been disappointing this year, but the franchise as a whole kind of the direction that they're going in. And, and um, like you, you just saw like uh, they have now said, you don't have to sign up for five years of season tickets or three years. It's a one year uh, obligation. Right. And like something tells me like they're having trouble filling seats. And mm-hmm. I think that that worries folks. And I think that, you know, the, the shiny new car smell has worn off for some of the fair weather fans where it's just like, well, you know, jet's going to jet. And that's, <laughs> that's the way that it is. And these guys are no different than, than the 1.0 jets where they can't quite get over that hump. And then they don't spend to improve they kind of piecemeal it together or whatever. Right. And they end up becoming a, a farm team for the contenders. They end up having mm. to sell off pieces. And I think that people are kind of getting tired with this 
particular mix of guys, some guys. And I think that, um, you know, there, they should, there's... they should be making moves tomorrow. They should be getting rid of some of those guys. Cause there's a lot of exciting like young, young players. players. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk this season, more than any that I can remember about. Yeah. Blow this team up. You know, everybody's ready to see Shifley well, traded. They're ready to buy out Blake Wheeler, you know, all of these kinds of things. And um, it's just like, you know, I, I think there's two things at play. It's like, yeah, why don't the Jets uh, kind of make hockey moves rather than loyalty-based moves or something, you know? And mm-hmm. I, but that's uh, like you say, that is the market, right? They've got a, they they need. I don't know. Like I think fans right now are ready for a bit of a rebuild, and yep. whether or not management uh, is, we'll find out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, oh, kind of keeping it on the down down note here, Jared. Let's let's <laughs> go over some just some trade busts over the years. You know, yeah. all, all the years of watching hockey. Um, you know, there's been some moves. Like, for instance, we could maybe even say when we're talking talking hockey season ten, maybe we'll look back at this Giordano move here and call this one a bust. Be like, Post- what a now. bust that was! <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, but but back, yeah, like let us, you know, kind of take us through some uh, some trade busts that you've kind of uh, put together. So a couple really sort of jumped out to me, and and one of them is actually kind of a kind of like this Mark Giordano move. I don't know who Seattle got back, but um, and let me tell you, I'm going I'm going way back with most of these. Um, so I have a 19, list that goes back as well. Yeah, 1997. Uh, Detroit pick, picks yeah. up Larry Murphy from Toronto for, for fu- future considerations. Air quotes, Frank, future Frank considerations, Charles, right? And uh, Murphy, of course, slid in so nicely with that veteran team in Detroit. He played four more seasons there. They won back to back cups, ninety seven, ninety eight. He played in the ninety nine All Star game, and I don't even know who they got for him. And, and, you know, like, yeah, I don't know what those future considerations were, but no, like for whatever reason, Leafs, I mean, they weren't winning much in that year and yeah. Murphy was, was their one highest of the higher played players and Leafs fans and the Leaf media basically rode him out of town as they do often, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, but that was, yeah, that was a trade for Toronto and they could they could probably be on this list a few times, but that that's a bad one for Toronto and a good trade for Detroit. So depends yeah. which way you're looking at things. That's a bust, <laughs> or well, maybe is, that was like a beauty yeah. move. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other one that really jumped out to me 90, uh, 1996 deal uh, between Pittsburgh and Vancouver, where Vancouver got Marcus Nasland mm. for Alex Stojanov or Stoyanov. <laughs> uh, Naslin goes on to play in Vancouver for 12 years. He's a franchise top three all-time points and goals. He was their captain for eight years. And uh, Stoyanov, uh, in his career, recorded seven points <laughs> in 107 career games. By the late 90s, they weren't so great, though, were they? No, no. But then they then they turned themselves over. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Nah. I don't that was know. a weird one. And uh, Nasland was uh, 
<clears throat> that line of him, Bertuzzi, and who Brendan Morrison. Morrison. Was it Brendan Morrison? Yeah. I think so. That was a heck of a line. They were one of the best lines in hockey for a few seasons. Yeah. The West Coast Express, I believe they were called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are a couple bad trades. I got another bad trade for you here. Okay. Uh, I got a couple, but listen to this one. 1988. Calgary. They send Brett Hall to St. Louis <laughs> in return for Rob Ramage and Rick Walmsley. Now, okay. <laughs> but, so Calgary won the at, cup, though. Calgary won the cup the next year. Yeah, the next year. And then Hull not that sc- year scored a million goals <laughs> and uh yeah then the next yeah. year wasn't the move they got didn't they bring in um they made a big move the next year to let uh i can't remember i'd have to look it up i don't have it in front of me but 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 that year they did not win the cup and they traded away brett hall for a backup goalie and rob i mean ramage. rob ramage was a fine defenseman yeah. sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah, Here's but, a question for you, though. But maybe, like, if Brett Hall would have stayed with Calgary, would he have become the Brett Hall we all knew? You know, knew him. Yeah, as, like hard to say. You know, because like, when he went to St. Louis, he had Adam Oates, right? Yeah. Well, who they also picked up at the deadline from yeah. uh, Boston, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I think, I think that Hall, and I mean, maybe I'm reading a lot into the fact that you know he wanted to be the a face of American hockey for mm. so long. I mean, he had dual citizenship. He grew up in Canada yeah. and internationally always played for the U S I think he just, he would have ended up as soon as he could have going to one of those bigger markets. I think I remember reading something once about how uh, he got sent down to the AHL when he was at Calgary there, and their yeah. AHL team was in Moncton at the time, I believe. Yeah. And um, he, he was none too basically, happy. <laughs> the Calgary coach and Brett Hall did not see eye to eye, so he was not going to get playing time, et cetera. So mm-hmm. it was one of those things where I think whoever the coach was at the time, I can't remember, Terry Crisp or something like that. Crisp. Like, yeah, it was just like it wasn't going to work. So well, Brett. well, Brett Brett Hall went to the Moncton Golden Flames and scored fifty goals in sixty-seven games. So I think I think shabby. he had a pretty good time over there in Moncton. Yeah, uh, yeah. and then you, as one as one does. That's right. Yeah, when you're scoring goals, fit, fit, uh, ninety-two points in sixty-seven games. Not and he too came shabby. Back, he came back to play for Calgary for most of the following season, and then he went off to St. Louis. Yeah. Um. Maybe it, just do you have more there, Tom? I got another bad trade that we can touch on. This one's from 1989. Ken Raggett goes for two number one picks uh, from, oh, where did he go? He went to Philly. um, In 89? uh, So after, was that after? He went from, oh, geez, I forgot to write this part down. Uh, This is awkward. I can just picture Ken Raggett. He had the good. Oh, it was uh, Toronto. Toronto traded him to Philly. And got two number uh, ones back? Yeah. So the Leafs made a good Sorry. trade? Yeah, they made a good trade, which is weird. Um, yeah, they shipped a, Flyers shipped a pair of first-round picks in 1989 to the Toronto Maple Leafs for goalie Ken Raggett. Ken Raggett played a season in Philly before going to Pittsburgh or something like that. 
if we had so, a really good intern, it'd be interesting to see who they got with those first first round picks. Yeah, but uh, yeah. you know, maybe next year when we hire an deep intern, deep dive for that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> There's other trades if we want to move on to some good ones. Yeah, well, one second though. I, like I want to do one. I want to do one bust, yeah. and I would it just it's not not as a grand bust like the ones you guys just listed, but I would say you know a, a fairly recognizable bust in my opinion was the Kevin Hayes trade that mm. the Jets made. I just felt yeah. like he just came in and didn't he totally just like rip on the team on spit and chicklets after and stuff like that, oh. saying the room was like super brutal and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And like at first you're kind of like, Oh, this is a big American guy centerman coming in. He had some, a little bit of chemistry with Ehlers. I kind of remember or something, Yep. but it, it wasn't the same as Stasny the year prior when he came in and really helped the jets uh, get to the third round. But that one, I just remember being, Oh man, like Kevin Hayes is Kevin Hayes cup of coffee in Winnipeg. And it just yeah. <laughs> spilled everywhere. And, and, and they gave up, who was it? Brendan Lemieux and, and a first first, first round, round draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that was, that, a, that, that was a bust. Was a that was a bad yeah. trade. Yeah. Um, okay. Now we can move on. We can Nick Foligno to Toronto for a first rounder and other parts. That was, that didn't really work out. Did it? <laughs> like, no, that was his last year, I think, but actually um, we're, so, we're, we're going to throw a tune here first and then we'll come okay. back. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So keep keeping on this. So uh, the song I, I picked was uh, Ray of Statics, Ballad of Wendell Clark. And this trade is n- not really good. Um, took place March of 96. The Leafs brought Wendell Clark back to Toronto, along with Matthew Snyder and DJ Smith. And the Islanders got Sean Haggerty, Darby Hendrickson, Kenny Johnson, and... Uh, a 1997 first round draft pick, which turned out to be Roberto Luongo. Luongo. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I love, I was doing the research. I'd love seeing who got picked. And I mean, obviously you can't just say, oh, well, we would have picked Bobby Lou, but to see that he got picked and it's just like. And what ended up being, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I love Wendell Clark but he was not good when he got back to Toronto. No, he was yeah. past he was pretty his prime much at done. this point. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, here's the Rio Statics with the Ballad of Wendell Clark. This is the place. The founder this of Atomical. The place. He's the founder of Atomical, and their last name is Cook. Isn't that is Cookie's home? Mr. Cook. Is Mr. Cook home? Let's find out. I see green his sprouts coming from the ground. <laughs> Got a friend in BC, know some winders kissing New York, and I wanna buy your motorcycle and cut up to some farm somewhere in this county where the All this jamming gives me Like listening to earthquakes All wired up for rock and roll Mama only listens to the radio Papa only watches hockey games 
this suburb rocks with the Yeti Van Whalers. God save the Queen. Which made you a moron. That was the Rio Statics with the Ballad of Wendell Clark, a song written by former guest of our show, uh, Dave Bedini. And uh, you go back in the archives, you can hear uh, Dave tell us the story of writing that song, essentially. Um, so that, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, go through our archives and find the episode with Dave Bedini from uh, about a year ago, pretty much. Um so we talked uh, before the song there, we talked about some trade busts. Um, let us now flip the old switch and talk about some some good deadline trades. Um, and depending on kind of like the Larry Murphy one that we talked about, depending on your vantage point, some bad trades can be good trades. It just depends on, uh, you know, uh, which team you are. Um, but but there's... Um, I'll lead it off with this in that the the general consensus when you look uh, online and whatnot in hockey history books and so on, that the 1980 trade of uh, Butch Goring from L.A. to the New York Islanders, that's kind of considered the first deadline deal blockbuster that really put a team over the top because uh, the Islanders went on to win four consecutive cups, Goring was a huge part of those teams. I think you want a con Smythe maybe. Yep. Second uh, year. Yeah. And um, yeah, that really put them over the top. So it was kind of like 
uh, a consensus like really good move there. Um, That's, I don't I don't know who I went the other way. So it's gold. I think it's like kind of like the gold standard yeah. of of deadline trades. So he uh, he said uh, 1980 uh, Billy Harris and Dave Lewis, who later went on to coach Detroit, um, went to L.A. And uh, first year when they won their first cup, uh, 80-81, uh, Goring scored 19 points in 21 playoff games. And then the next year, he put up 10 goals, 10 assists in 20 games. So point a game. He won the Conn Smythe Trophy. And in my, in my research, because that's, that's the first one that I thought of, he's credited also with, and some people dispute this, as being the guy who started the whole playoff beard yeah. uh, tradition. And he wore the sickest helmet yeah. ever. He wore that. It's such a weird helmet. The, yeah. The, some euro i think it's called saps or baps or something it looks um, like he wore that for his whole career it, it looks like it was like and maybe this was just like a product of airbrushing from like hockey cards or whatever but you see some pictures of him with it it kind of looks like it's like felt lined or something like <laughs> you know like there's a yeah little yeah, like it's like a european it's like a scandinavian helmet and it's like with caribou or or something going on up there yeah plus goring's a winnipeg guy which is awesome. Yeah, he is. Yeah. From St. Boniface. I, think, I do like I that. I think our teammate, Tim Badolski, I think his dad played with Goring or something. Yeah. There's some sort of connection. Oh, There's cool. a connection. Yeah. yeah. Tim, if I you're like listening, call he, in and tell us the story. Yeah. I like that he invented the hockey beard, the playoff beard. I mean, he yeah, didn't no. invent it, but like he, he's cr- widely credited with being like playoffs, don't shave. And yep. uh, that's definitely a, a, a really cool sort of hockey tradition i think like you don't really see that in other sports baseball mm-hmm. a little bit maybe sometimes unless you're the yankees or whatever i suppose yeah um yeah, <clears throat> yeah that, that, that was a good one uh do, do either of you guys have other examples of some uh nice trade deadline moves that really either put a team over the top or you know just like worked out nicely in the long run or something like that uh, well, the first one that, that comes, to, I've got two. The first one that comes to mind uh, was a little earlier than the deadline, but in March. So, you know, the preemptive strike that we were talking about earlier. Um, a guy who will probably be busy tomorrow, uh, Ron Francis, mm. uh, who's the GM in Seattle. But uh, he was traded from Hartford to Pittsburgh in yep. 1991 uh, with Grant Jennings and Alf Sam- Samuelson. Uh, with uh, John Cullen and Zarly Zalapsky going the, going yeah. the other way. And uh, Francis and Samuelson won back-to-back cups with the Penguins, including 91. Uh, first year, 17 points in 24 playoff games, four game-winning goals. And then the next year, 27 points, uh, as they repeated, uh, uh, like I said, in 92. Um, like, he solidified an already super stacked team yeah but the other thing that happened was 91 lemieux was in the process of coming back from cancer uh when when he stepped away so bringing in a guy like francis kind of takes some of the stress of having to get him back into playing and i mean francis always seemed like a class guy i don't know if uh he's a great gm he's kind of botched things in seattle this year I think, but you he's know, playing maybe the long redeem- view on that one. I don't know. 
Uh, you look at the team he, would... he built in Carolina. He basically yeah. built that yeah. Hurricanes team. Yeah, but he was great. He was great in Hartford. He was great in Pittsburgh. And then he was great again in Carolina. Mm. Uh, and then, like I said, it was weird to see that he finished with the Leafs, which was yeah. uh, was kind of strange. He's like a very underrated guy when you think of like all the top of the all-time top point producers or whatever, like yeah, Ron he's Francis up, is he's right up, there. up there. Yeah, he's. Yeah. He, uh, I got breaking news here, boys. Uh, my my phone is just going crazy. Here. <laughs> Insider report. Yeah. Uh, this is a the deal that probably no one cares about, but Travis Hamanick just got traded to Ottawa. No way. <laughs> for a third round what? pick, so I guess the Canucks just get their pick back. Um, hmm. But uh, hmm. anyways, back to um, uh, good <laughs> trades. And I'm, I'm going to call this one, it was a good trade, uh, mainly for one player specifically, but it was when Ray Bork got traded to Colorado. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. uh, would Colorado have likely won the cup anyways? I don't know. Likely. They would have still had a good good shot, but it was nice to see Ray uh, get a cup. At the same time, it was weird seeing him in a Colorado jersey, mm-hmm. uh, but you know he still got to hoist uh, Lord Stanley. And it was actually this the, second the year. year he got traded. They did not win the cup, but then he no. resigned or something with Colorado, yeah. which was a, a smart move by him. And and, and he cup. so he re-upped with them in 2000 yeah. uh, and won. And then that year they brought in Rob Blake as well. Mm. And like their their team was ridiculous. Yeah. And, and I mean, you got uh, Pat. Pat Roy and Nats there. Peter yeah, Forsberg, Joe Forsberg Sack. and Sackick. Yeah. And yeah, a whole that was a good squad for of, sure. Uh, good complimentary players. Um, yeah. the, the one that I've always kind of looked at as, as like this prototypical deadline deal. Um, 94, uh, the Rangers traded Tony Monte mm-hmm. to Chicago and they got Brian Noonan and Stefan Matteau. I remember were, that deal. Who were nowhere near as uh, sort of celebrated as a Monte, but they were like your typical grinder depth guys. And they came up so huge in that 94 run um, between the two of them. I mean, you know, everybody, you know, Matto scored in double overtime and then uh, in game three and then double overtime in game seven to take out the devils who were kind of like running, running things back then. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Noonan also scored three game winning goals. So five Clutch. game winning, five game winning goals out of the, out of the 16 wins. Right. Um, and both teams kind of won that trade. If well, you, yeah. Cause Amante, way. he scored 30 goals in six straight seasons with Chicago. And he was kind of yeah. like the face of their franchise, but uh, it was just so funny to think about. Right. It's kind of like yeah. a, of a, a positive neutral type trade where yeah. both teams won. So yeah, that's an interesting point, though, because like those depth deals where you get those middle six forwards, those yeah. tend to be the guys that win you the Stanley Cup. Like, oh, yeah. Like, well, you, you look know. at Tampa picking up uh, Coleman last yeah. year, yeah. two years yeah. ago, whatever that was. Well, and even uh, this week. Yeah, exactly. But like, if you yeah. think about the, the year that uh, um, Pittsburgh won their when Sid won his first cup, like it was Max Talbot that, you know, uh, scored those two goals in in the, in the final game there. But like the, the, um, they brought in Billy Guerin that run. That's right. Yeah. And the, the, the the playoffs tend to be, 
you know, the first two lines cancel each other out because they're, you know, both teams have good, solid top six. And then, and then it's like your depth players that make the difference. Like, Pat Maroon the past couple of years and, and uh, Yanni Gord and all those kinds of guys. Well, and the other, th- the other thing about the playoffs too, right. Is that the three on three overtime rules go out the window, the yeah. shootout rules go out the window. And yeah. so you're playing until somebody puts it in the net. Uh, and so you gotta, you, you know, you might play you gotta have depth. overtime you gotta have four or tri- lines. triple overtime games. Yeah. So well, who yeah. was the Jets' fourth line when they made their run? It was like Brian Little and Jack Roslovic and and somebody like, and then they had uh, Cop Tanev. Oh, was it Armia? Like, where was he in there? Maybe somewhere because it was Cop. Uh, it was Cop Tanev Lowry? Yeah, and then the fourth line would have been Little and Roslovic, I think, and and must have been Armia because it was like Ehlers, Line, Shifley, Connor. Wheeler, Stasny were the Stasny. top six. Mm-hmm. Huh. But like, you just think like, when's the last time the Jets had four lines that they were rolling? Oh, like Perot, yeah. Perot, right? Yeah, it was Perot, yeah. Roslovic, and uh, and Little. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. Anyways, uh, but like that's that's Almonte went on and you know scored his goals in in uh, Chicago, and those guys played vital roles for in the playoffs there as well. Um, we got about five minutes, uh, a little, yeah, little less than got, five to go here. I got another good trade here for you. I got, I got two quick ones here that, but like it's um, yeah, but like Pittsburgh did, a, they've, they've got a, a history of making big moves and like Billy Garam bringing him in was definitely one, but, and, and then, you know, Ron Francis, as we talked about and, uh, but here's another one for you. And this one kind of worked, but almost didn't work. And that it was weird, but Marion Hosa, when uh, the then Atlanta Thrashers traded Hosa to Pittsburgh at the 2008 deadline. Um, and the Pittsburgh, of course, went on a run. Hosa was very solid during that playoffs for them. And uh, they came up just short against Detroit. I think that series went six games. And yeah. Detroit uh, won the cup in 2008. Uh, <clears throat> and then the next season, Hosa switched teams he went to detroit yeah, now, yeah i don't remember did he get traded there or did he i think that was in the off season was it yeah, like a signing free yeah. agent so i did the math wrong we're down to two minutes here sorry okay okay so, the, so yeah good... put that hosa one and then he went to chicago and finally yeah. got his cups but well um, the other good part about that hosa deal was that pittsburgh also got pascal dupuy yeah. in that and he rode shotgun with crosby pretty clutch yeah. yeah he was pretty good yeah yeah Okay, one last trade that I think that was really good was the 2006 trade of uh, Roley the goalie went to Edmonton from Minnesota oh, at yeah. the deadline. Yeah, and oh, then yeah. and the Oilers went all the way to the final game seven against the Hurricanes. Of course, Roley got hurt. Yeah, in game one, and that right there, oh, that was a heartbreaker. But uh, what are you gonna do? But anyway, I thought that was a pretty good one. So. Yeah, we're uh, wrapping up uh, our trade deadline extravaganza show, I guess. We, we uh, had everything. We had breaking trades. We had busts. We had gold <laughs> trades. We, we had everything. And we yeah. got one last song to go here. Jared, what, what, what are we spinning here on the way out? Uh, Pursuit of Happiness, uh, Gretzky Rocks. Um, like I said. Uh, so this, this is related to the weird. Weird looking like, jersey. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. So Gretzky was traded just before the deadline in 96 uh, by the Kings 
to St. Louis for Craig Johnson, Patrice Tardif, Roman Vopat, and a first round pick. Uh, and Gretzky looked awful in that that Blues jersey. I mean, it was a I weird think, Blues jersey. I think anybody place. anybody would would have looked awful in that Blues jersey. <laughs> it had that weird like red yeah. thing down the, on the bottom, the angled yeah. stripes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Tommy, twenty seconds to go here. All right, Gretzky rocks by the pursuit of happiness. Folks, keep your stick on the ice. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We'll catch you next week. Happy deadline day. Go Jets go. Walter Gretzky had a son. He grew up to be the great one. He came from Brentford, Ontario. He liked Gordy, how you know. Americans don't understand the national sport of the Northland. The world's best game, they're always dissing, but they don't know what they they just watch Wayne Gretzky play them. They watch hockey every day. Actually, I like the Hawks, but boy, oh boy, Wayne Gretzky rocks. All right. When I lived in Edmonton, he made us a city of champions. The Orient to make go by his side, he filled our bridges.